Welcome listeners to our patron requested review of Robocop. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer assisted memory and a lifetime of on the street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you Robocop. So Robocop released in 1987. Hey, I was born that year. Were you? Yes, I was. Woo! Can't remember the last time we did a 1987 film. Oh, God. Are you going to make me look up 1987 films? Uh, Predator. That's the only other one I know. Predator. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Anyway, this was directed by Paul Verhoeven. Can you name other Paul Verhoeven films, Dean? Starship Troopers. Very good. Basic Instinct. Anything else? Uh, There's another big one. Oh, Total Recall. As well as Showgirls. Can't forget Showgirls. I mean, what was he doing? (laughs) Paul Verhoeven. Bit of a weird unit when it comes to film sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure he's got some stinkers out there. But this film, in a dystopic and crime-ridden Detroit, a terminally wounded cop returns to the force as a powerful cyborg haunted by submerged memories. Stars Peter Weller as Robocop, with Nancy Allen, Dan O'Hurley, Kurtwood Smith and Miguel Ferrer, as well as Ronnie Cox. Alright, 87, not a bad year for film, I've got to be honest. Superman 4? Oh no. The Secret of My Success? Oh no. Nah, there's some good ones. Lethal Weapon, Wall Street, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh yeah, alright. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Good morning, Vietnam. The Witches of Eastwick. You, you ever see that, Hendo? I don't think I have. It's got Jack Nicholson as a warlock. Is it good? I mean, I thought it was, but it's been 20 years since I've seen it, probably. Oh, Can't Buy Me Love. One of my favourites. Oh, knock it off. You're done. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Cinematography by Yost Vacano, who has one Academy Award nomination for Das Boot. Ugh, I knew I didn't like this film for a reason. <laughs> He's also done many Paul Verhoeven films, including like the ones we said, Starship Troopers, Showgirls, as well as Hollow Man. Oh, is that Verhoeven? It is. Oh, I really like Hollow Man. That's good. So the screenplay had been offered to and rejected by virtually every big director in Hollywood before Paul Verhoeven got hold of it. He apparently threw it away after reading the first pages, convinced it was just a dumb action movie. He, however, his wife got hold of it, read it all the way through, and convinced him that the story was layered with many satirical and allegorical elements, and then Verhoeven finally decided to direct the film. I mean, is, is that good, having a director so reluctant to film it, who's, you know, had to get his wife to tell him, mate, you got to do this one. I like well, it. Well, like I said, every every other person has said no to this film. It's not normally a good sign, Hendo. Well, this this did, you know, this, this was quite successful in the end. Very, like a big cult classic now, Robocop. So the Robocop suit was so hot and heavy that Peter Weller was losing about three pounds a day from water loss wearing that suit. Eventually, they had to install an air conditioner in the suit. Could they not install like a straw in a hidden water bottle? Like maybe take the gun out for scenes when you're not using it and put a water bottle in there? <laughs> one, of those, one of those hats that have the double <laughs> drink on the top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do you know the name Rob Botton? No. You should. We've spoken about him a lot. He's a visual effects uh, artist. I'm pretty sure he did uh, the visual effects for The Thing. Oh, Robert Batan. Yeah, I know, I know him. Yeah, he's quite good. <laughs> So apparently him and Paul Verhoeven uh, repeatedly clashed before and during production over the design and makeup of the Robocop character. And what they argued most about was the scene where he had to take off his helmet. And Rob Bottom wanted to film the scene in a very dark area, fearing that the light would reveal too much of the makeup. But Verhoeven wanted the film to be pretty bright, like as bright as possible, saying that the director of photography, Jos Vacano, would be able to light it pretty well. And they end up uh, refusing to talk to each other for a very long time. So like the entire production. 
for the rest of the production. They didn't talk to each other. I mean, grow up. Yeah, definitely. It reminds me of the uh, the story that we mentioned on Harakiri, where two of the actors wouldn't speak to each other because they wanted to play the characters different. I mean, the director's the boss, right? If you like, you want to put forward your opinion, that's fine. If you want to suck about it, go find another job where you can be the boss. He eventually did apologize to Verhoeven after watching oh! the film. At the- at the premiere, saw it was good. They apologized. He apologized. They got back. You know, they got they their got friendship back, back together. together. And That's cute. They got back together. Uh, they lived happily ever after. Even so, that he actually worked with him again in Total Recall. What? Jesus. But this did premiere on the seventeenth of July in nineteen eighty-seven, with a runtime of one hundred and two minutes, with a tagline of "The Future of Law Enforcement." Oh, really? What about part cop, part man? No, no you're wrong. You've got it wrong already. Well, what was it? Part machine. You- yeah, part man, part machine, all cop. All cop, yeah. Should have known he was all cop. <laughs> See, that was good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, budget of $13 million and worldwide grossed $53 million. Very nice. I actually saw that it continued to gross on uh, video rentals and sales an extra $24 million. Yeah, this would have been uh, yeah a very hefty VHS rental at the old Blockbuster back in the day. I'm pretty sure this was R in Australia. Yeah, I think it was. I can remember that that little trying the oh, diamond, wasn't it? The little diamond yeah. R. Being like, the, Ooh, the scary diamond. It must be so violent. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, every time I saw an R rating, I would equate it to like a scary horror film. Like, oh, that's that's going to be like gore and it's going to yeah. scare the shit out of me. Like yeah. in that whole section, you see the sign above it. Ah, I'm like, ah, no, no, not for me. <laughs> All right, Dean. This was nominated for two Academy Awards that year. Visual effects? It was no. It was nominated. I don't think visual effects was uh, a thing at that point. I'm not 100. percent But if it was, it didn't get nominated for it. It was nominated for best film editing, which it lost to The Last Emperor, and it was nominated for best sound, which it lost to The Last Emperor. All right. I mean, I haven't seen The Last Emperor, so it's hard to compare. It was also the winner of the Special Achievement Award for Stephen Hunter Flick and John Pospisil for sound effects editing. I mean, do you think this warrants a Special Achievement Award? For the sound effects editing. I did not notice Hmm. the sound effects editing while watching this film. i got to be honest. Well, bear in mind, this is 33 years later. Maybe the sound effects for that time, were revolutionary. Actually, I really like the way he spoke. Well, that that sort of uh, robot voice. Like, there's no way that's his voice. They've obviously taken his voice and done something to it. Maybe that's yeah, what it, it was for. run it through a computer. Ooh, run it through a computer. How 80s of you. <laughs> now, we take this sound and we actually run it through the computer. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right, Dean, scores here. What do you reckon, critics or audience from Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I, I wouldn't have a clue. I'll say audience. Your hot streak continues, Dan. You are wrong. Critics have it at 90% and the audience have it at 84 Wow. Way off. I need to pull a Costanza and do the opposite. Metacritic give it a 67. Letterbox have it at 3.9. And IMDb have it at 7.5, over 231,000 ratings. Strong. Yeah, strong across the board, except for that old Metacritic. But generally, 67 for Metacritic is considered quite high, I reckon. But this is a patron-requested review, and it comes to us from our awesome patron, Stuart Garside. So thank you very much for this pick, mate. Thanks, Stuart. All right, Dean, you did mention last week, I believe, that you hadn't seen Robocop before. This is true. I may Interesting. have I may have been telling a fib though. Oh, do you did you watch scenes and you're like I think I remember this. I I remember watching the scene in the executive's office where the Ed 
209 comes out. I am sure I have seen that scene somewhere. Did you maybe watch it on like a YouTube clip or like a... Maybe it was a YouTube clip uh, because I don't remember... Like there are pretty memorable moments in this film that that didn't click with me at all. So, I don't know. I still don't think I've seen it, but it wasn't as unfamiliar as I was expecting. All right. Well, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this film, Dean. Let's get into it. Thank you very much, listeners, for checking out this patron preview. Yeah, if you want to check out the whole episode, we've got everything over on at patreon.com slash themoviejourney. And we've got over 70 bonus episodes over there, including film series such as the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series. We've also gone through some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright and Quentin Tarantino. That's right. There's also tons of benefits over there, early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Exactly. You can also shape the show the way you want it to be by telling us what films you would like us to break down. And Dean said it's spot on patreon.com slash the movie journey. Go ahead and head over there and check out all the rewards and benefits we have to offer. And we thank you once again for checking us out. Thanks, y'all.